1: makes a gay icon? It's more complicated than you may think. Is it strictly the incredible forefathers, matriarchs, and gender-bending pioneers that made modern gay life even possible? Is it the vocal celebrity allies who have loved us and supported us for decades, even when we were vilified by the general public? Or is it the next wave of non-binary, label-defying, system offenders who are already making incredible strides towards making everyone embrace that they were born this way? maybe like the LGBTQI community itself, it's all of those things and more. And that diversity is what makes us beautiful. While it is literally impossible for us to discuss every, much less most, legitimate gay icons in a mere hour-long podcast, we're gonna do our best as the great pop culture debate sets out to name the best gay icon ever. I'm here, I'm queer, and I need a juice box and a nap. I'm your host, Eric Resniak. Please (laughs) welcome my incredibly gay panel. He likes to end his evenings with a warm glass of Harvey Milk and some of Madonna's bedtime stories. It's Derek Makita.
0: Thanks, Eric. And I will share my cookies with you.
1: Oh, thanks. Get these cookies. (laughs) Call them when you want, call them when you need. Please welcome Jake Petticelli.
2: Oh, Eric, I'm just trying to fuck the ones I envy and honestly, even the ones I don't.
1: That's really the gay lifestyle for me. (laughs) And I used to call her a fruit fly, but these days she identifies as a drag hag. It's the return of Carissa Claus. That's right. Preferred terminology. Exactly. We respect it. So how does this work? Since this is a mini-sode, there was no public poll. Our panelists went up and came up with their individual lists of their top gay icons. Anyone was up for discussion. Gay, straight, bi, unknown, living, dead. It just had to be an actual person who held some cachet with the LGBT community in the past, the present, or arguably even the future. From there, we compared notes and came up with our list of final 16. Now we argue about it and insult each other, all for your amusement. As mentioned in the intro, it is literally impossible for us in a 16 seed bracket to discuss everyone who qualifies as a gay icon. And I will be the first to admit there's some pretty big omissions here, and you will yell at us, and I encourage you to do so. But I want first for our panelists to go through and share some of the people that they initially pitched that didn't make it to the final bracket. And I want to start with Derek, if you wouldn't mind.
0: Yes. So it's Liza. It's Liza. Why is she not on this list? She's Liza with a Z. Um, No, she's not on this list. I don't know why. I I have no idea how she didn't make it, but she's not here. Um, The other one, the Divine Miss M. Miss Bet Midler did not make it onto a gay icon list. I mean, we're talking about somebody who got start her career started in gay bathhouses. You don't get much more queer than that. And then, you know, Princess Diana. You know, sad sad that she is not on this list, and she she really should be for for her embrace and friendship of um, not just you know queer celebrities and and um, people in the community, but also um, for her her AIDS activism. So, those are my three.
2: Well, one of the biggest misses, I think, is Miss Britney Spears, who is very topical right now. Free Britney. I just think whenever I go into a gay bar, I usually hear work bitch, you know, starting in the background in the dance floor. And I just feel like that is a beck and call for all. It's really an, 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 a, uh, um, an anthem for, for all all gay men. And I just think that, um, you know, she just has such a strong fan base of LGBT Um followers and I, I just think that um she is definitely a gay icon that i was surprised uh didn't make this list she was also my first cd that i ever had hit me baby one more time was my first <laughs> um uh, album that i ever a, owned so it's just baby. a very sentimental moment
1: absolutely
2: <laughs> um other than that i have to agree with derek i was very shocked that bet midler um uh, you know, the oldest Sanderson sister did not make it. I was mortified. <laughs> um, and I also love Bet Midler. I mean, she is just so... Um you know, so amazing. She had a residency in Vegas. And uh, again, she has so much activism, um, in in the gay community. Um, and and lastly, someone who I was surprised with, um, who I feel like may have made, may have not made this list because of how recent he is, but little Nas X, who is doing such amazing Mm -hmm. things in the industry right Mm -hmm. now, who is killing it. Um, you know, from his breakthrough song, um, old, uh, uh, old town road, Old, old town road, uh, last year, which won a Grammy. Um, and then his fashion choices on the red carpet have been really um, groundbreaking as well. And just also his new music from his upcoming album, Montero, from Call Me By Your Name uh, to Industry Baby. And the music videos that have gone along to correlate with those songs have been really um, just so visually um, uh, um, amazing. And I, I just think that he is somebody who is a really great um face of the gay community right now especially as a young black man in this community who has to face more challenges than probably other people do
1: 100 and i have to tell you folks so we did this picks, we did this picks, we did these picks initially <laughs> a, a little while ago like we've been working on this one for a while um and i if i had to redo it again right at this moment i 100 percent would be putting a little of decks on this sweet 16 i will admit that when old Alt- uh, town road came out i was like is this going to be a flash in the pan thing? Is this a one hit wonder? I wasn't really sure if he was going to have staying power. I don't know about his personal life, but um, I have to tell you right now, I am completely enraptured with him. And it's not just everything that that Jake mentioned, which is all true, but the just um, boldness and he is ferociously and proudly gay and uh, his social media presence and his just completely unapologetic. If you are not with this, Fuck off! I don't want your energy. This is who I am, and I'm celebrating it after decades of hiding this. I think he's such an inspiration, and you know, at this moment in time, in we're recording this in August 2021, he just made the cut. I'm sure if we did this in two, three years, for me, he would probably be elite eight because he really is changing the game.
2: i agree with you eric i just think that when you mentioned his social media presence my favorite tweet of the entire year so far um is when somebody was making a comment about his performance at the bet awards that was too femme um or um and his response was um kind of a um uh, a kind of a joke on Beyonce's Flawless which says we teach our bottoms to shrink themselves to make themselves smaller we say to our bottoms you can have ambition but not too much you should aim to be successful but not too successful otherwise you would threaten the top (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, it's so true. No, it's it's he's he's really, really incredible. And again, if you're listening to this, you know, in 2023, should the world still survive? You're being like, how did these morons and I have little Nas X on this top 16? And you are completely correct. Um, he's he's incredible. And um, I, I also think for me, he's that voice of this next generation of young gay people who are just like, you've all been dealing with this oppression, like suffering in silence fuck that like uh, i'm done with that i am here and like we we used to joke when i'm here i'm queer get used to it like he doesn't care if you get used to it or not he's gonna be here and he's gonna be really queer so i think he's amazing
2: and that's why we stand.
1: stan carissa i'm I'm editorializing go figure (laughs) your list
3: um yeah i i mean we'll probably get into this in the episode but i think part of why all of these amazing people didn't get included is because the pool is so vast and so amazing that the votes just got really spread out and so i was even trying to narrow down yeah my picks and that alone was hard but i had a handful of really um really visible trans activists on my list that didn't make it. Laverne Cox, Chaz Bono, and currently Elliot Page, who is just doing amazing things for the trans man community. Um, so, I, And I think the reason why none of them have representation is because all of them are iconic. Um, I also have my favorite Jonathan Van Ness on the list. Yes. <laughs> um, you know how much I love this human and um, their Instagram just gives me such joy. And then, um, there's, a there's definite lack of lesbians on our list. And I'm sure mm-hmm. we will talk about that, but Sarah Paulson is amazing and beautiful and in an intergenerational relationship and she's just stunning. And I love her. So, um, sad that she's not in this, but she's still an icon in my book
1: fully agree and i'm going to echo carissa we have a, a sweet 16 here that has a lack of trans and lesbian representation there's still some on there but not nearly it, there's no, it's not even a cl- approaching parody right and um i i do uh, that is what it is and that's okay i want to hear your picks for amazing lesbian katie lang's not on here which i think is a sin um there are so many amazing other lesbians and and trans people as well um and I'm just going to put this out there. If you are a lesbian or a trans person listening to this podcast and you're obsessed with pop culture, please come and talk to me because I want to get these voices on our panel. Um, I'm being dead serious right now. We, we need to get more of this, this representation on here. So, um, hit a bitch up. We are very open to pitches. So, um, anybody else, Carissa?
3: Um, there's, I mean, we'll probably talk about this in the, in the episode as well, but, um, Basically every single person in Paris is burning. Mm.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Dory and Corey, all of the different mothers of the houses. La Beja. La Ninja. (sighs) Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And if you're listening to this and you haven't watched Paris is burning, we've talked about it in a couple of podcasts, but please, for the love of God, uh, find it. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix right now. Um, It is the Rosetta Stone to modern drag race culture.
3: Yeah, and- Criterion Collection did an edition of it in, I think it came out in February 2020. It was like a Valentine's Day th- present for myself. Um, and it is amazing. The restoration of it is so incredible. I've seen that film so many times, but the Blu-ray Criterion is awesome. So okay. highly recommend seeking that out or streaming it on Criterion if you have it. I will
1: actually go and buy that tonight because I have watched that movie so many times. It's so
3: good. It's so good.
1: Awesome. So I went for my picks. I tended to skew a little bit older as I am already 80% (laughs) dust. Um, So uh, Divine, Uh, I Mm. was saddened was not on here. Uh, An incredibly important... uh, Divine would not identify as trans, but Divine's sexuality was super interesting. And there was nobody like Divine, like nobody <laughs> liked Divine. Um, Sylvia Rivera, and this was one, and this is going to get me in some trouble. So Marsha P. Johnson does make the bracket as well she should, but Sylvia was also right there with her at Stonewall. And Sylvia gets forgotten a lot. One of the great joys of my last year in quarantine was watching a lot of LGBTQ documentaries. And Sylvia is featured in several of them. If you have never heard of Sylvia, please look out her story it's um, amazing the archival footage that they have of sylvia at like 1970 pride parades where she's getting booed off the stage and she's like we did this like I've been in jail. I've lost my job. I did this all for you. Um, gay rights is not so that you can have your white picket fence life. Like it's for people like me too. And how dare you? It's amazing. She, she was incredible and a real, um, wake up call for how poorly we treat our LGBTQ elders. And I'm hoping that's better, not just because I'm going to be one in a few years, but just in general, we owe our, our leaders more than that. Um, George Michael is killing me. Mm-hmm. If I, like, uh, George Michael is incredibly important to me. He was like the first big male celebrity to come out as gay, and um, in, in my book, anyway. And um, his music meant a lot to me. I've talked about it multiple times on the podcast, but he was um, really. Breaking a lot of boundaries, but also dealing with very intense pain in a way that I felt very connected to. That sounds sad, but it, it was kind of uplifting. So George Michael, Oscar Wilde I put on there because honestly, like you want to talk about one of the original gay icons. Oscar fucking Wilde, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Barney Frank. Uh, we, there's at least one other gay politician on here, but Barney Frank was another real door opener for our community and I I don't think we talk about him enough and everything he did and then finally Liz Taylor is someone who I think the the current generation coming up like Jake you're a representative representative of a younger generation are you aware of Liz and her connection to the gay culture it's fine if you're not
2: I mean I'm aware of Liz Taylor but not in the way that um, I probably should be. I, I should be educated more. <laughs>
1: and, and that's not your fault. This is one of the things that I really want to work on going forward with the podcast is um, educating the next generation about things that you, – you wouldn't learn them otherwise, right? Like you have to have people kind of teaching you these things. But you also teaching me about things that I need to know about what's like relevant in actual gay culture right now. Like, you know, are we still dabbing? <laughs> and- <laughs>
2: I I think dabbing is a little 2019. It's a little
1: 2000 and late. Okay,
2: Boomer. <laughs> uh, um, and also, I will say, I think I pretty much learned all I need to know about Liz Taylor from um, Liz and Dick, Lindsay Lohan's portrayal in 2012. Do y'all thank remember you. that lifetime?
1: Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, thank you. I was going for um, Elizabeth Taylor, who was Charlotte's um, dog in Sex in the City, um, who got gang banged in the park. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, in all seriousness, Liz Taylor did amazing things for the gay community. She uh, was an incredible fundraiser for AIDS during the height of the epidemic. She befriended so many closeted Hollywood men who really needed a friend at that moment. She's incredible. And I, I feel like she's kind of become forgotten. And I, I think we need to give her some flowers. So those are the ones that did not make our bracket, ladies and gentlemen. And that's only the beginning, right? Uh, um, I want to hear what you think in terms of who our gay icons are that aren't included here so please reach out to us on twitter at at culture underscore debate on instagram at, at great pop culture debate or leave a comment on this episode at great we'll go ahead and we're going to create playlists featuring the music or videos or great performances uh, of some of these gay icons so send them in and we're just going to keep adding to this so that you can have something to be playing at your next kiki um, with that, though, we're going to get into the debate. So three quarters of the panel wanted to chante with the original supermodel of the world, RuPaul. But Jake found himself up shit's Creek and instead picked Dan Levy. I will not apologize for standing Mother Ru. Jake, explain why this David should slay the drag Goliath. I'm going to have Jake go first.
2: OK, so RuPaul is just a gay juggernaut. And I love RuPaul so much. I am a Drag Race fan and I can see why everybody voted for Ru um i really just wanted to shine some light on dan levy because i think uh you know as representing somebody from my generation he is doing such an amazing job um for visibility for our community i mean so much so that he's already uh been given just in the past two years um the hrc visibility award um and also here's a mouthful um for on the anniversary of stonewall um Named by Query um, Magazine, he was uh, one of the Pride Fifty, and here is the title: Pride Fifty Trailblazing Individuals Who Actively Ensure Society Remains Moving Towards Equality, Acceptance, and Dignity of All Queer People Award. So that's a mouthful, yeah. And that's and that's <laughs> that's probably why he should be a gay icon. Um, and also, he started a cameo in the behind the Hazel Eyes uh, video with Kelly Clarkson. So um, <gasps> even more rainbow points. If, and fun fact: if you did not know, go ahead I and did watch not that.
1: Know that. The, the video from the early 2000s?
2: You bet it was from the Breakaway album. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. I did not know. he Like, is he the boy she's crushing on in that?
2: No, he is somebody in the background. Um, He's not really even like a main like character. He just kind of has a cameo. But I mean, having a cameo in a Kelly Clarkson video, I mean, that screams gay icon to That's me. gay icon. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. So I am not at all going to take anything away from Dan Levy because I do think, is it Levy or Levy? I always say Levy.
2: I say Dan Levy and just, I mean, going back to Schitt's Creek, I mean, his, uh, he wrote, produced, acted in that, was the first person to win four uh, primetime Emmys in all of the four major comedy categories. I mean, it's such an achievement um, in itself and really creating a show and a community where homophobia did not exist. You never saw that in Schitt's Creek. And I remember seeing something um, on, they kind of did a recap at the end called Best Wishes, Warmest Regards um, at the end of the series. And um, there is a group of moms of queer um, children who wrote a, I think like 50 of them wrote a a combined letter to Dan saying how much that he and the show impacted them um, and and their children. And I will say when I went, recently went to a... um, you know, I won't, I won't name drop, but, a, a, you know, a blue collar restaurant in Rhode Island. I heard these two very straight <laughs> cis men talking about Schitt's Creek. And one of them went, ew, David. And I'm like, that is the kind of like, you know, um, uh, acceptance and equality that we're, you know, kind of, uh, you know, that we all want to strive for. I mean, I just think that he has had such an impact on not only our community, but people who aren't in our community who may, um, that, that Shit's Creek may have been a great um you know kind of gateway and you know into in, not gateway but like you know just um um kind of uh, ex- exposure to it yeah. um so I think he did a great job with that and again I can I I understand that RuPaul will probably advance and should um for, for a variety of reasons but I just did want to take that time to highlight Dan um because in the, amount of, in the amount of time that he's been in the spotlight and accomplishing all he has I can't wait to see what he'll do in the future
1: Absolutely. And Jake, you did an awesome job with that argument, honestly, because I was going into this like, what is Jake going to say? And <laughs> you you really nailed it. And um, I think you made it a really compelling argument for him. I agree with that last sentiment, especially. I can't wait to see what he does in the future because I think he's just getting started, right? Like his legacy is... is, is not even just starting to being written. I feel like we're just in the preamble right now, but he is kind of that next generation, right? Who's picking up the ball and making it, it's not just mainstream, it's just normalized, which is something I think that is kind of amazing. Um, I Before I start going into my argument on RuPaul, which is fairly lengthy, <laughs> <laughs> I do want to ask my other two panelists, should I save this for round two? Uh, Carissa, are you still going to vote for
3: Ru? yes i love dan i say levy um i love dan levy so 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 much like his humor is so pure and like he's with jonathan van ness in my book um but i am a drag hag and rupaul is going to win this argument for me
1: okay derek
0: same i think you should save the real meat of the argument for the next round
1: I think that Rue would want me to tuck it away. so <laughs> I'm, I, We're going to hold on to that argument. We are going to advance Paul, but seriously, you did a great job there, Jake. Uh, next up, we were evenly split between a gay constant of the past 60 years, Cher, and a legend who took part in the Big, the gay Big Bang, Marsha P. Johnson. Derek, <laughs> show that you're strong enough to move Cher forward, while Carissa explains why Marsha is the bedrock for Stonewall. And I'll have uh, Carissa go first.
3: Okay, so this kind of was mentioned in the warm up and is it, it's a little weird because Marsha wasn't really the person who started Stonewall. She actually the way that she tells the story, she showed up like 40 minutes after it started and the building was already on fire. So, um so yeah, I, she gets credited. She kind of is the face of this movement though. Um, when you think about Stonewall, you think about Marsha And she it's not like she was just there. She was a founding member of the Gay Liberation Front. She was uh she modeled for Andy Warhol. She was very well known in New York, in Greenwich Village. She was um also a sex worker. She hustled to make a living. Um, she she lived that life. Plus, she was a woman of color. Uh, and she um uh there's so many instances where things move forward but then they don't because there's a fear of the the more liberal or the more whatever like the the lavender menace within the you know, feminist movement and the gay pride movement told her that she could not march in their parade because they weren't going to allow drag queens because they were giving them a bad name. So she and some friends marched ahead of the parade, like they just were really defiant and they did what they were gonna do. And she really fought for gay rights her entire life. So um, she also, like, would regularly, well, she had a handbag and would hit people with it, but it also had bricks in it. So that's maybe where part of the, like, you know, that she threw a brick because she didn't. She actually threw a shot glass. Um, But yeah, she, she regularly carried bricks and did hit people with her purse. So, you know, things get conflated, but she's still an icon for that time and that movement and for living her life openly and unapologetically.
1: Yeah, it's the bravery associated with especially trans women of color and they weren't even called trans women at that point Mm -mm. um like back in the 60s and the 70s my god like i i I think you know growing up gay in the 90s in a small little town was hard i had nothing on these women what incredible strength they had and bravery um so yeah before i go into it derek please take it away on share
0: well, before I go into the argument, I want to just do a little PSA moment and just say one of the things that you guys are going to hear throughout all of our arguments is rather than our usual repartee in normal podcasts where we might be tearing down the, the opposing um, uh, bracketeers um, to bolster our argument, I very much doubt that that's going to happen in this podcast. And I think that thing, that speaks to the strength of the icons that are in these brackets, but also how the queer community As a whole, as fragmented as it is, tends to stick together on their celebrity icons. So I just wanted to put, put that out. Also, if you are playing along at home and you are using the word icon or iconic as the, the typical great pop culture debate drinking game, please put the bottle down because you will be on the floor by the end of this. You podcast. have to drink
1: responsibly in this one, yeah. people. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, or at least a few shots with water in between. It's, it's, it's too much. It's too much.
0: So, yes, I'm not going to use my time to argue against Marsha because that would be entirely unfair. And honestly, she exists in a different way for queer people than Cher does. However, as I was making my list of icons, they all had to pass one test. And this test would it was, would this person beat Cher or hold a candle to her? <laughs> and honestly, none of us can remember a time when Cher wasn't with us. She is an LGBTQ cultural touchstone. Her friendship and collaboration with Bob Mackie helped her evolve into a fashion symbol, beloved by gay men everywhere, and she is literally the face that launched a thousand drag queens. Without Cher, we would not have Mother Dust, Chad Michaels, so let's let's ruminate on that for a moment. She's been there for us, but she's been there for her own as well. There would be no Chaz Bono without Cher. She supported Chaz in the 90s when he first came out as a lesbian, and though she struggled a bit during the early days of Chaz's transition, she never stopped loving and supporting her child. So she's a steadfast advocate for the queer community. She's the ultimate ally. She's a rule breaker and a survivor. And for anyone that's seen her Twitter account, she does not give two shits what anybody else thinks. And she just wants to let you know. It's so true. And this this is why we love her. So she may be 150 years old, but she will always be a gay icon. And I would argue that she is among a very select group at the very top of this list.
1: Uh, Jake, where are you on this?
0: wow, what a choice. Um,
2: I mean, I love Cher. I've seen her live. She is amazing. Sharing is caring. Um, Goodness, and Marsha B. Johnson, I agree with what Derek is saying. She uh, she is there in the way for a community in in a different way that Cher is an entertainer, whereas Marsha is an advocate. Um, I mean, I truly feel that Black trans women are our community's past, present, and future um so i am I, I i just think that you really can't choose between the two but i just think at when i think of gay icon i instantly go to share uh, i mean that is just i get what you know the candle test like i mean can you hold a candle uh to share i mean just between you know the her camp her support for the ally, for the for the community and i just think her her arsenal of work that she has behind her. I just think that she, there is no way that I can't advance her forward. I think it would be a sin not to.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and this is one of like, this is choosing between two things that are both amazing and in completely different ways right although that said like Cher actually has had really important political moments with the gay community it's not just she's fabulous and me love her because she sings and she's beautiful and all that like she she is I mean if you want to talk about it she's kind of representing our LGBT moms too in a way that very few people on this bracket are um and that's impressive that's a good point I think Marsha is incredible. You will not hear me say anything. And and I do think there's so much amazing documentary material out there about the the, um, death and life of Marsha P. Johnson is a documentary that's available on Netflix. I highly encourage you to watch it. It taught me a lot of things I didn't know about Marsha, about the circumstances surrounding her death. Um, And it is, again, we need to do better by our LGBT elders. Um, But I'm going to give it to Cher. I'm sorry, uh, Chris. I, I apologize.
2: Marsha, Marsha, Marsha.
3: Yeah, Marsha started things so that Cher could, like, be. I mean, Cher's like free mom hugs, you know, yes. at Pride, which yeah. is like yeah. the, the purest, most wonderful thing. It's so,
1: true. That's a good way of looking at it.
2: Marsha walked so that Cher could fly.
3: Yeah.
1: (laughs) So that she could turn back time. Um, (laughs) Next up, the panel was unanimous in its decision to advance the lesbian that everyone at work can agree on, Ellen DeGeneres, over the legendary master of filth, John Waters. I do just want to make a a second to say that um, John Waters is... A completely different kind of gay than Ellen DeGeneres is. Um, And I think (laughs) what he did for decades in his movies was to make people look at um, not just queer people themselves, but a queer sensibility um, and, and that outsider film, but was also managed to sneak into like mainstream movie theaters. Like he's an incredibly subversive person. And I want, I hope as you know the LGBT community continues to become more embraced by the mainstream and 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 that's a wonderful thing. But I also hope we don't lose that outsider mentality um like we have a a unique viewpoint and i don't Mm -hmm. want that to get washed away and that's i think the real beautiful part of of john waters is he is able to see things in a way that i I don't think the average suburban person can and that is such a read i'm sorry but
3: um but he but he serves it to them in a way like I really recently, like in the last couple of weeks, watched his Hairspray, Mm -hmm. which was on HBO. It might still be. Um with ricky lake and debbie harry yes plays, i like i never put that together until now like, Von Tussled, absolutely yeah she's fucking amazing amazing and divine is in there in the dual role which nina west is now going to be playing on broadway which is also amazing um that movie holds up and it has so much commentary on race and race relations as well as just like teen girls being overprotected you know um it's really awesome, and I'm glad that that whole that that story is still being performed and happening, and people are still watching it.
1: Um, and, and that's just one example. I honestly think a lot of the John Waters filmography really does stand up. And he, is, you're right, Carissa. It's not just about the gay experience. He has a very keen eye for kind of the American experience that is not mm-hmm. portrayed by the the average tv and movie things he's seeing the underbelly of it but he's still finding kindness and light in that which i think is Mm -hmm. incredible truly truly so
3: hairspray is absolutely delightful delightful
1: so um we love john waters i'm sorry that he's losing but it's alan who is i mean if there was like the queen of the lesbians right now it's Ellen. is Um, she the
3: only lesbian on the like, actually in the bracket, she might, she be. might be. She might <laughs> be. might be.
1: Again, we did a bad job with lesbian representation, and uh, I apologize for that, but I want my sapphic sisters to tell me who we were forgetting because we were forgetting a lot. Katie Lang, I think I already mentioned, but, they're like, I could make a list, just not off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> next, even a- another split between two fabulous allies, Dolly Parton and Judy Garland. Derek, give us the straight talk as to why Dolly is a gay icon. Jake, explain why the Happy Days never Never went away for Judy Garland gays. I'm going to start with uh, Jake.
2: All right. So, I mean, Judy Garland, I think, is a gay icon OG. I mean, she's when people used to refer to closeted people in our community. They would use the term, as we all know, friend of Dorothy uh, from um, The Wizard of Oz. And when I think of an anthem or, uh, you know, a song that really um, encompasses the gay community, of course, it's Over the Rainbow. Um I mean, she really is the Elvis of homosexuals Um, from, (laughs) from A Wizard of Oz. Then she went to do A Star is Born in 1954. Um, I mean, she has also really lived a life. Um, I don't know if any of you saw the movie Judy with Renee Zellweger, but I mean, her life was just full of suffering. I also think that what makes um, her a gay icon and and a lot of these people on the list is because gay people understand suffering and so does Judy Garland. I mean, that's clear just from her her story. And I I think it's just, um, you know, it says a lot that the Stonewall riots happened on, Um, or her death happened on June 27th, 1969 and the Stonewall riots happened on the 28th, the day after. And I think people were really, um, you know, fed up with the oppression, but I think that was really the last, um you know the last um you know crack that really put it over the edge and um you know in the words of Derek Barry, don't forget that people died at stonewall don't forget that
1: nobody died at (laughs) stonewall what Um, do you mean (laughs) no that's true jake that's not even like i think that's true that is absolutely true then people will tell you we were we were despondent over the death of judy garland and then the cops came in and we had fucking had it and that's when shit got lit so yeah you're completely correct that judy garland actually did her death did lead in part to the stonewall riots um and
2: when she died gay men lined the streets for like miles at her funeral um and i i just think that really speaks to the legacy that she left and still leaving behind and is still such an important figure in our community
1: yes and i'm glad that she has transcended kind of the decades and, and the generations and i think she still is seen as this iconic I mean, gay icon, right? Even for you know, gay people in their 20s and, and their 30s, they still recognize her in a way that they maybe haven't for others. Barbara Streisand, which we'll get to in a minute. Mm. Um, <laughs> but I agree with your main point there, which is that she has the suffering, the pathos. I think there is an empathic connection to the tragedy of her life and also what a lot of gay men experienced. And I'm sure gay women too. I, I don't know if gay women are as... Interested in Judy Garland as gay men have been, from my experience. But lesbians, again, please come at me and tell me you're dead wrong. I can't get enough Judy Garland. Um, (laughs) Derek, tell me about it.
0: So Dolly Parton bucks convention because she is a devout Christian woman from Appalachia, but one who exposits her faith through kindness, empathy, generosity, and love. It is a known fact that Dolly loves drag. And if we're being honest, there are many in the drag community who worship and idolize Dolly. Trixie Mattel comes to mind. Her self-deprecation, but also her fearless self-expression, are only some of the reasons we love and admire Dolly. And most importantly, she has been an outspoken in her support of the queer community and how her belief in family values means being welcoming to all, to love all. So she embraces her gay following, she has stood up for marriage equality against anti-trans bathroom bills and more. So the work is ongoing with Dolly. So I think that's very important to, to keep in mind. And she does it because it's the right thing to do. She knows the pulpit power of her celebrity that her celebrity affords her, and she never shies away from using it for good. Uh, oh, also, she single-handedly gave us the, gave the world the COVID vaccine. So you're welcome.
2: <laughs>
0: I, I vaccine. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: i mean i kid of course but in truth dolly always puts her money where her mouth is and her heart is bigger than anyone can measure so if only there were more like her
1: seriously mm-hmm. ain't that the truth please clone dolly uh they isn't the sheep that they cloned first named dolly yes, yes that's yeah. true clone <laughs> dolly part in science make that happen carissa where are you
3: Um, I gotta go with Dolly here. I just saw the other day this week that she has donated all like from the beginning, all of the proceeds from her from um, I Will Always Love You, the like Mm -hmm, from the mm -hmm. Whitney Houston cover to a black rights group. Um, She's amazing. She puts her money where her mouth is and she shows up. So um, and she's doing it currently, which is what tips it for me.
1: So it's interesting initially I had gone with Judy here, I think, initially on the bracket. And I think they're both really compelling arguments. But there is something that occurred to me while Derek was talking about Dolly, which is that what makes Judy connect with the gays is that um that suffering that I, I am the, the horrible things that happen, but I'm gonna persevere. Happy days are here again, that whole thing. Dolly is a gay ally because she chooses to be. And she's very active in it in a way that I think Ju- Judy was a little more passive. And I'm not knocking Judy. Uh, the the thing that swings me it starts to pull me back to the fact like we called them friends of Dorothy. Although I believe there's an, also the argument that it was friends of Dorothy Parker, not necessarily a Wizard of Oz reference. I don't friends know of Dorothy's Barnack. Dorothy's <laughs> Barnack. Exactly. Uh, so I, I'm torn on that, but I feel like I'm leaning toward Dolly because you are right. She's choosing. As a, and I think there's something very powerful about an Appalachian, um, came from a very poor white upbringing, who has chosen consistently to be like, no, my gay fans are my fans i stand by them i'm for this community and she has never wavered i think that's actually very
3: important so and right. and also not just her gay fans but her black fans and yeah. like everybody you yeah. know she really yeah she she puts her money in where her mouth
2: that's is. a good point carissa someone she had an um an instagram live chat and someone sent her a question saying what do you think of black lives matter and she's like of course i think black lives matter do you think it's just our little white asses that matter and i was like yes <laughs> that's right <laughs>
3: She's Dolly so has a, a big
1: tent, and I'm not just talking about her blouses. <laughs> um- <laughs> I think that I'm I'm switching to Dolly. I'm sorry, Judy Garland fans. No, that was a tough one though. I think it's maybe the toughest one. Oh, I take that back. We have another tough one coming up. <laughs> um, three quarters of us wanted to strap on a cone bra and strike a pose to represent for Madonna, but Jake's tastes were a bit more golden as he wants to move forward. B Arthur, Carissa, why is Madonna a ray of light in the queer community? Jake, explain why there's more than meets the eye with B. And I'm gonna have. <laughs> jake go first i wrote the script in 10 minutes i wrote it in 10 minutes folks you're just gonna have to deal with me
2: i had to go with b arthur on this one as much as i do love madonna she is a gay icon for sure um she is amazing but uh, b arthur i mean between maude the golden girls which are two shows that were such ahead of its time and she played such a strong feminist uh character in both shows and both shows Well, I should mention did feature um, episodes um, uh, of featuring, you know um, men in, in those episodes who were, who were coming out. And I think that wasn't really a storyline for many sitcoms during that time, much alone, um, you know, to be a storyline for, you know, three, um, uh, or three or four, um, you know, elderly women in Miami in, in the 1980s. Um, that being, as, that, that aside, she is definitely an ally for the gay community and the fact that, you know, on her passing, she left $300,000 the New York uh, Gay uh, Homeless Shelter, the Alley Forney Center, which is, um, which now has the B Arthur residence, which features 18 bedrooms for LGBT youth, um, comes with logo in each room. I don't know, maybe, probably, I don't know. And I just, I mean golden girls is like the gayest show ever i mean Mm. i can't tell you how many like golden girls drag bingo or golden girls like you know drag nights or or whatever that i see all all the time uh popping up um and you know i could see how you know i i'm kind of on the fence with this but i'm just a hardcore golden girls fan um you know so b arthur thank you for being an ally
1: so i i and listen you all know me in uh, no way am I ever going to disparage the icon that is B. Arthur. Um, you left out the Star Wars holiday special, oh, yes. which oh, is yes. one of our most oh, that's a good point. celebrated B. Arthur moments, <laughs> in which she's actively trying to fuck a Tuscan Raider. Um, May what's the more force gay than that? with you exactly. <laughs> um, so I, I, I nothing against B. Arthur, but she's up against Madonna. Right. And I think this is a generational thing, truly, because Jake, you were born in 2002, right?
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: <exactly. laughs> he wasn't actually born in 2002. No, I was I'm born kidding. in 1993.
2: And I love Madonna. I've seen her live. She's amazing. Yes.
1: Um, I just think, uh, it, born in 1993 means that you like became aware in the early 2000s. And I think at that point, and i'm not saying this i'm not saying yes this. you are yes you are it i'm not said. saying it no at that point madonna was still amazing um so <laughs> i could go into derek's argument but first i want to check carissa wow, did that Jake... is
2: the madam x
1: shade <laughs> <laughs> <We're> <laughs> an eye it's patch. also
2: a psa that the madam x variant i fear that that's next so just
1: carissa did jake's uh, argument for be arthur sway or are you sticking with madonna
3: I mean it was great, but Madonna is the queen of pop. She is a music queen. She is also a movie star. She is up she's done books, like really good selling coffee table books. Like she's done yeah, the sex one. everything. I right? <laughs> she's done everything. And she's all about reinvention. She's super sex positive. She's highlighted queer culture kind of from you know, the beginning and like, yeah, she saw Vogue and she did Vogue, but she also took Vogue, actual like extravaganza, House of Extravaganza dancers with her on the Blonde Ambition tour. Like she didn't just say, oh, this is great. Let's pass this on to a bunch of white people. You know, she she saw it, spotlighted the culture and brought them with her. So she's been uplifting and supporting the community her whole life. I mean, and she's also just culturally she, she goes by one name there's only one other person on this bracket that goes by one name mm-hmm. you know mm. <laughs> like she's a movie star she did the Super Bowl show how many drag night like night of a thousand Madonnas we that, <laughs> that alone Kimono <laughs> Gate is Come iconic Gate <laughs> <on, on>, <laughs> also I just recently learned that um, David Fincher directed her video for Vogue so like yes uh, like he so also did Express Herself, Mm -hmm. that's awesome, that's so cool. So, yeah, so Madonna gets the tipped scale for me.
1: So, I think Derek, with your permission, we'll just hold on to your Madonna argument till round two.
0: I don't think I had Madonna as an assignment, but okay.
3: Oh, okay, I had uh, Madonna was my assignment. Oh, it was Carissa.
0: (laughs) I have several things to say about Madonna, and I will hold on to those for later.
3: Perfect. Good. (laughs) Uh,
1: three quarters of us also moved forward, the king of the queens the late great Freddie Mercury, but Jake wanted more contemporary gay royalty, raising up Billy Porter. Derek, find somebody to love Freddie. Jake, why are you finally ready for Billy? And I'm going to have Derek go this time.
0: Yeah. Um, so Freddie is a unique queer icon in that he's one of the few, if not the only bisexual men on this list. Freddie was. He might be
3: the only bi person in uh, the entire bracket.
0: He might be. Isn't Lady Gaga bi? She is. She is. No, that that is true. Um, So, Freddie was a charismatic trailblazer in his own right. He pushed conventions and was brazen in his flamboyance in a time where it was not rewarded or encouraged. He showed young people they could be proud of themselves in a world that was not ready to accept them. Um, There's no questioning his star power and contributions to the world of music nor that it was his rock career that afforded him some leeway in that self-expression especially when we're thinking about like the 70s and early 80s um you know gender bending was really a a a things that was solidified in like the, the bowie vein um but most importantly Freddie solidified his status as a queer icon in the twilight of his life after having contracted HIV and bravely disclosing that he had AIDS. So he put a public face on the disease and showed the world that you could be a beloved celebrity while also battling AIDS. Um, His legacy lives on in the Mercury Phoenix Trust, which was founded in 1991 by his queen bandmates uh, to fund and support AIDS organizations. And over the years, that organization has uh, founded over 1,000 projects and given away over $17 million in his name. So, yes, Freddie is a complex gay icon, but he is certainly a deserving one and he lived his truth and he did it his way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I I have a lot to echo there, but I want to pass it on to Jake.
0: Yeah. So I hear all the
2: arguments that you're making for Freddie Mercury, and they are all very valid. Um I went with Billy Porter, who I really like to consider um the da baby of his generation.
0: Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Uh,
1: <laughs> it was like, in what way?
2: No, just um no, I, I just think that as you mentioned with Freddie, he is somebody who used his um openly hiv um positive status um as a testimony that you can be loved successful um you know uh entertainer in this industry and still be positive um and i I think freddie mercury did open the doors or helped you know billy do that but as a black man i'm sure he um uh you know future um you know has more challenges um or has featured more discrimination, I can imagine, you know, because of that. Um, he also is very, um, you know, his his talent is unquestionable. He has a, he's almost an EGOT. He has a Tony, an Emmy, a Grammy, a Tony for Kinky Boots, um, an Emmy for Pose, who is, he's the first, um, black, uh, black gay man to win that, uh, that award, um, he also is a fashion icon. I don't know if you've seen his red carpet looks at the Met Gala. Oh, um,
1: oh my God. Amazing. Yeah.
0: Amazing.
2: But they are just a piece of art. Um,
1: Serving. Absolutely.
2: And he also won talent search in 1992. Just another fun fact. Um, really? Yeah, at $100,000. Wow. Um, so Which I did not know until I did some research on that. So, I mean, that's pretty iconic. What
3: did he do? What was his thing? Do you know?
2: I think he just sang. That's amazing. I'll also look if I can find a video, but I mean Was
1: it Star Search or
3: Talent Search?
1: Sorry, talent search yeah Talonser. he Talonser. said okay. talent
3: yeah hmm. N- yeah none of this ed mcmahon bullshit
1: <laughs> i mean we say that but britney was on star search oh Surge i so. spent
3: i wanted to be on star search like that, <laughs> i spent <laughs> all weekend watching star search yeah yeah and soul train <laughs> oh my god. Oh
1: god soul train talk about icons my god oh
3: we're dating um, ourselves we are uh well
1: who else is going to date me um, but- <laughs> In all seriousness, um, Billy Porter is amazing. And what's incredible to me is he's kind of always been in Hollywood since I've been paying attention. Like he was in the Broken Hearts Club. That movie came out in like 2000, 2001. Like he's been there for a long time. And he's been clawing up, you know, the way. And uh, a huge moment with Kinky Boots for sure. And now Pose. Um, Again, he's someone who I feel like his legacy is still being cemented. Like, he's he's really just getting going. He's coming into his prime, I feel like in in his power as a gay icon. Um, Whereas I think I'm putting it up against Freddie and Freddie's Freddie Freddie has a a capital L legacy. Mm -hmm. So that's why personally, I'm going with Freddie Carissa, where are you on this one?
3: Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. This was a really hard choice for me because I think Billy Porter is a fashion icon, you know, and I and on Pose, he's my favorite character in a cast of people that I just adore. You know, it, it there's so much wonderful. This is just wonderful against wonderful and it's really hard to choose. And so, yeah, I'm I'm with Freddie Mercury on this one.
1: Sorry, boo. Sorry, pray tell.
3: Sorry, oh. pray tell. Exactly.
1: Um, another unanimous decision. This time, Elton John is still standing over a woman in love, Barbara Streisand. Oh. Um, even though I agree oh. with this, enough is enough. <laughs> I have to speak on Miss Streisand's <laughs> allure. I will be brief because I know we're running long. Um, I will just say that I, I, I kind of referenced this a little bit ago. I do feel like today's contemporary, uh, younger gays have no concept of Barbara Streisand, mm-hmm. and I would really urge you, like it is my, my, my passion in life to to convince you just watch funny girl and the tugboat scene. That alone oh, yes. and you're gonna be oh, like, yes. hooked. I'm done. I get it. Okay, where do I go next? Um she is amazing. She has a gay son, by the way, talk about gay moms. Um and uh I don't think that she's getting enough credit currently. Uh, and I, I, it is my job to change that. So I'm going to let it go because I do believe Elton John should advance here, but um, justice for Barbara. <laughs> Finally, another tied vote, this time between pioneering LGBT politician Harvey Milk and bombastic LGBT ally Lady Gaga. Derek, dive down from the top of the Super Bowl and raise Mother Monster. Carissa, give us a history lesson on the importance of Harvey Milk. I'll have Carissa go first. <laughs>
3: Okay, um. So Harvey Milk, I really hope that if you haven't heard of him, you at least read his Wikipedia page. If not, watch the feature film that was made about his life, the biopic. When when was that? That was. Uh, It was long (laughs) enough that we were
1: criticizing people for playing straight men for playing gay men, right? Because it was Sean Penn, right? Mm -hmm. Because it was Sean Penn, and you can't do that now. Mm -hmm. And frankly, I'm glad you can't do that now because. (laughs) That's fucking bullshit. Just putting that out there anyway, stopping up my soapbox. Go ahead, Krista. <laughs>
3: no, this this whole episode is soapbox city. So um he was the first openly gay elected official in California. It was in the nineteen seventies. He lived in the Castro in San Francisco. Um, and he was, a lot of people saw him as a political visionary. Like he, he had really inclusive goals and also was like willing to put in the work and, you know, make the plans to make stuff happen. And so he was kind of a mover and shaker and people were really, really into him, but also he drew a lot of spotlight, um, and was assassinated in 1978 by, The guy who wasn't he the one who claimed the Twinkie defense as correct? Yeah, it's such bullshit that he was eating too much junk food and it made him crazy. And so he had to go kill the first openly gay politician in his state. Okay, Um, so, yeah, he was taken too soon, which probably is going to, you know, it hurts his icon status because who knows what he could have done. You know, he had a lot of backing. He had the vision. He, he was very popular where he was. Um, and he was really, if you watch the biopic, um, he's presented in a way that's really palatable. He could, he could kind of cross bridges, you know, he could mend communities and reach a, Like he wasn't just speaking to gay, white, cis males, you know, he was speaking to community, um, and willing to put in the work for that. So I think that's what makes him iconic and definitely a political icon. But I also think that the fact that his life was cut so short, um, it is real tragedy.
1: Yeah. Derek, what about you?
0: I mean, okay. So Lady Gaga, where do I begin? Um, I, I dare you to find a more outspoken gay icon at this current moment in history. She knows the queer community has been and always will support her self-expression. She is humble and she is grateful for that support. She has literally said, quote, because of the gay community, I am where I am today, unquote. We give and she gives us more. So let me put it this way. There are a lot of big names on this list, and many of them have gradually come to learn of their queer following and eventually embraced us with lady gaga we've literally been key to her genesis and she knows it you know she's also um a part of our community because she came out as bisexual in 2009 in 2011 she founded the anti-bullying nonprofit, the born this way foundation so she doesn't shy away from wading into politics and taking stands that would be polarizing for other celebrities her music has been a soundtrack for every gay club for over a decade um, and actually, I would argue that the trajectory of Lady Gaga's stardom has made it possible for more queer artists to be themselves and unspoken, like Lil Nas X referenced before. So she doesn't just make pop music. She makes art. She has made pop music and art. I think you know where I'm going with this. Justice for <laughs> her she 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 stands on the shoulders of artists before her and takes everything to new heights Every time we think we've seen the limit of her talents and advocacy for our community, she steps it up again. So in short, if you were to put every gay icon in these brackets, put them in a blender and fashion a queer super being, it would be gaga. Fashion icon yes music superstar diva, you betcha activist smash that patriarchy gaga. Mother Monster, most assuredly. A more beautiful queer amalgam I dare you to find.
1: Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. I have to tell you, oh. I was on the fence. I was on the fence. But I'm a free bitch, baby. Uh, I'm going for Gaga. <laughs> on the edge.
3: Uh, I'm on the edge of glory.
1: <laughs> on the edge of glory holes. Um, okay.
3: <laughs> I've Jake. also been swayed.
1: Have you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Are we unanimous Uh-oh. for Lady Gaga? Jake. Right. So I am. Yeah, yeah. talented,
2: yeah. brilliant, incredible, never the same, amazing. Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: yes. You can yeah. have ninety nine people in a room, but you only need that one to believe in you. And she actually has four. So good right. on her. Here you go. All right, we're moving Lady Gaga forward into round two. That is it for round one. We are going to take a quick break, recite the entire script to Mean Girls, and we will be right back. listener hope you're enjoying the great pop culture debate if you want to share your love of the pod with the world and rock some fabulous merch at the same time head over to the gpcd threadless store you'll find iconic designs literally one of the designs says quote iconic end quote on t-shirts bags stickers magnets mugs and more and each item purchased helps to support our podcast check out the store now by visiting gpcd.threadless.com Welcome back to round two of our Best Gay Icon Debate, ready to disappoint our families and potentially you once more with feeling. Before we continue, I want to have our panelists tell you where you can find them on social media. Derek?
0: Yes. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at DRKMKT, which is my name with the vowels removed. Great. How about you, Jake? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at JTSU.
2: that's T-A-E-S-O-O, It's my middle name, JTESOO underscore. Um, yeah, like and subscribe.
3: Like and subscribe. Carissa. Yeah, I'm on Instagram semi-regularly and Twitter very rarely at Carissa Kloss
1: all right and as for me you can uh definitely follow the at great pop culture debate on instagram and at culture underscore debate on twitter and you can also do at eric resniak on instagram and twitter i believe that's e-r-i-c-r-e-z as in zebra s as in snake and as in nancy y-a-k so with that out of the way we're going to move on to the debates first up we have rupaul versus share and rupaul would hate this battle by the uh, way <laughs> really would. she really will she would hate it um i'm I'm going to go around the, the, the round here is anyone voting for Cher here
0: Jake I am going to vote for RuPaul
1: okay Derek
0: no I have to go to with RuPaul on this one
1: Carissa I'm with Ru amazing I'm going to hold on to my argument until round three this is incredible <laughs> <laughs> um, so that is and it, it's scandalous right because we were just saying like who can compare it to Cher yeah. fucking RuPaul can compare yeah. to share. Mm-hmm. And we'll go mm-hmm. as to why in a minute. Uh, next up, it is Ellen DeGeneres versus Dolly Parton. I want to start with Carissa. Where are you on this one? I'm with Dolly. All right. Uh, Jake? I gotta go with Dolly. And Derek? Dolly. I'm going with Ellen. And I guess I'm now going to defend Ellen DeGeneres, <laughs> which is not an gr- easy thing to do in 2021, <laughs> no way. Which, by the way, That's I why don't... you're there!
2: <laughs> we actually share a birthday Me and Ellen That, that used to be a good thing
1: Right oh. Not so much anymore So No I mean it's still I
2: do <laughs> Here's
1: the thing about Ellen Um It's a difficult time for her right now. Um, If you've not been paying attention, obviously, her very long running, extremely well rated talk show is coming to an end because of allegations of intense bullying behavior behind the scenes. I do want to point out, and I am not in any way dismissing any of the complaints raised against her. I find it fascinating that this happened not only to Ellen, but to another lesbian who also had a talk show that was wildly popular about 15 years ago because rosie o'donnell saved or felt the exact same fate where suddenly everyone's like oh she's crazy and mean which it's just so interesting to me that that only seems to happen with the lesbian talk show hosts so strange um but let's leave that aside right now and said, let's talk about Ellen and why she is a gay icon. First of all, she's the only lesbian I believe on this list, which can't be discounted. Secondly, when Ellen came out in the nineties, it was huge. Like this was a big fucking deal and um, it destroyed her career. So in case you don't know, Ellen had a fairly popular sitcom at that point on ABC. This is mid nineties. I'm going to say 96, 97. And She decided that she was going to publicly come out. I believe it was Time Magazine did the cover story with her. I think it even was, yep, I'm gay, was like the the actual Mm -hmm. cover text. Mm -hmm. And you would have thought that it was – a um like she bombed a building or something the way america reacted it was intense and uh laura dern actually played the girl a woman on the show who um helps her character come out and like they have an attraction to each other it destroyed laura dern's career for decades and laura dern's not even gay she her career was destroyed because she played a lesbian on a tv show with a gay person that is remarkable Mm -hmm. It gives you a real viewpoint into just how fucking toxic things were 30 years ago, not even. And so the fact that Ellen came out and she knew, she knew that this was going to destroy potentially what she was doing. And she still did it, which I think is immensely brave. She had a very short-lived sitcom after that one. Uh, It was not great by her her own estimation as well. And then she kind of went away for a little while until her talk show happened. And that talk show, it changed everything. The way that you know, even racist people somehow loved Oprah when she had her talk show even homophobic people somehow loved Ellen because she danced and she wore sneakers and she had fun guests on and she did little games and everybody loved her until they didn't. But I don't think you can discount the immense power that Ellen and her show had for a solid 15 years. Does that sound about right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. In, in just regular America and especially in gay America. And she made her wife, Portia de Rossi, like, People like She would talk about her on the show. She normalized the idea of there's nothing wrong with lesbians, folks. We're just like you. Um, And so there's a lot of power to Ellen DeGeneres. And I don't want what's currently going on with her to be the end note on her career. I don't think it will be. I think she'll reinvent herself. Um, She's done it before. And I will go on record as saying I welcome that because I think she's very funny. And I do think there are elements of misogyny involved in this that um, I find Really unfortunate. So that's my soapbox moment on Ellen. Anyone want to change their vote?
3: I no, but I do want to say, um, I remember Ellen's coming out being like a really big deal. Didn't they call that episode of the show the puppy episode to like hide the context of what actually was happening? Because it's it has nothing to do with a dog. Um and I I have vivid memories of being in high school and reading her book, her first book, My Point, and I do have one, and like like during, you know, study hall and having like full body convulsions because I was not, I couldn't make sound (laughs) of laughter. And like, it's so funny. She's funny. She's a very funny, observant human being like in the end. And, and so she's a relatable, funny human that deserves credit and also a really visible out lesbian, which also deserves credit. So,
1: for sure. And it's funny, you, you just made me remember my father, who's, let's just say, track record with um, being accepting of gay people. Not terrific. He <laughs> even watched her HBO stand up comedy specials and was laughing uproariously. So if my father was cool with Alan DeGeneres, that's really saying something about the power of her wit and uh, the power of her stardom. So, um, Derek, you're sticking with Dolly? I am. Jake, you're sticking with Dolly. I am. So Ellen is out. Next, we move on to Madonna versus Freddie Mercury. And, and honestly, I am so here for this intense gay energy. <laughs> oh, my God. Yay. Think of this double bill in an alternate reality. Can you imagine it? So I'm going to start with uh, Derek. Who are you on this one?
0: I am going to go with Madonna on this one. As much as I argued for Freddie before, I think that there are certain circumstances in Madonna's career that have led us to the current point we are at culturally right now. And you can say some some something similar for Freddie, but I mean Madonna just takes it to the nth degree. So I have to go with Madonna here.
1: All right. Jake?
0: I-L-U-V Madonna. So I gotta go with her.
1: Nice.
3: Carissa. I'm with Madonna here.
1: I'm torn. Um I and anyone who knows me love knows how much I love Madonna and I I will not say anything bad about her. I do think that from a Freddie coming out when he did um, and being openly HIV positive and and having AIDS was uh, an incredible cultural moment. I do think that in the end run, Madonna, her career and her steadfast support of the gay community may edge him out. I mean – if you were a gay and you were like, you knew you were gay between the eight, like the 1980s up through the early two thousands, I'm sorry, you were a Madonna gay. You had there was resistance was futile. Um, (laughs) And so I think that, you know, a a 20 years long career at the the apex of pop culture, and really at the intersection of LGBT culture and, and kind of mainstream culture, you can't discount that. So I'll also move Madonna forward. Finally, it's Elton John versus Lady Gaga. I want to ask Jake, which one are you coming down on here?
2: I have to go with LG. Um, I just think that she, um, you know, you as you just mentioned it, you know, if you're born in a certain period, you are a Madonna gay. Well, I am a Lady Gaga gay. Um, and yeah, I, I she's I, I have to go with her. She is just... Uh, amazing i mean two words chromatica jockstrap
1: i know. was about to ask you <laughs> would your, could your vote change if elton john made Lion King jockstrap? <laughs> it's the circle of life the, the, no mm-hmm. let me show <laughs> you this is my circle of life oh my god he'd also
2: need to make like you know tiny man oreos or something <laughs> or like
1: tiny dancer oreos i love tiny
0: hunters, tiny. yeah uh
1: carissa where are you i'm gonna go with gaga here and derek
0: I have to go with Gaga here, and I will save my strong argument for why I'm going with Gaga until later. Okay. If this comes down to
2: Lady Gaga and Madonna, I'm going to die.
0: Oh, well, but it, it will
1: it's going to come down to those two in the next final four. Um, I will say that Elton John, <laughs> I, I do want to speak on Elton John because as much as I was saying that, you know, Freddie Mercury coming out, uh, was a big deal. Elton John was out, I think even earlier than Freddie Mercury.
3: Yeah. Um,
1: he's early eighties, I think. And he's also, I think, technically bisexual. Um, I don't know if that's how he's identifying now, but in the 1970s and eighties, he was identifying as bisexual. He was married to a woman. Um, he has done, again, you want to talk about people who have done incredible things for the gay community. Elton John donates an incredible sum of money to supporting AIDS uh, AIDS charities and has for years, I think, at a certain point after the 90s, any royalties he received immediately went to charity. Like, he, he was just like, yeah, I don't need any more money. I'm good. Um, he's, he's an incredible musician, uh, an amazing songwriter, and even his early songs that were not at the time, obviously about being gay. Now you look at them and you're like, oh, okay, no, these are clearly about being mm-hmm. gay. Same thing, by the way, with George Michael. like Yeah,
2: the so circle just- jerk of life.
1: <laughs> 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 but Jesus. goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. Like yeah. his 1970 stuff, there is that, it's, it's almost like the Judy Garland level of suffering and trauma that he's going through, um, and he survived it. Um, so I, I do think that we need to speak on Elton John. He's had so many different phases of his career. Um, all of them are impressive and I don't think he gets an, a lot of credit right now. I, I suspect that, and I'm not saying this, I, I, I shouldn't even say this, but once we lose Elton John, and I hope that's a very long time from now, I think Elton John will be regarded in this almost like deific look, the way that we look at, um, John Lennon. I think we will look at Elton yeah. John. But mm. it's not until Night he hits Night that point. That's mm. my point. I don't want to get to that way because I, I hope he have a lot of John for many years coming. He still, by the way, is making very good music. I don't know if anyone keeps listening to him, but he releases songs and they're still really solid, which is more than can be said for a lot of his contemporaries. So. Mm. Mm-hmm. um I understand that we're moving Lady Gaga forward and I, I respect that choice. Um, you honky cats. So <laughs> next, the final four. <laughs> RuPaul versus Dolly Parton and Madonna versus Lady Gaga. I always oh. like to take a uh, step back and say, "Is this the final four that I was imagining?" Not even close. Really? Um, no, <laughs> really? It's really not. It's really not. I had some more historical figures making it farther in my bracket, but that's okay. I see very um, vital current. Uh, I see uh, one member of the gay community, a bisexual, and two long-standing allies. Who defined kind of gay culture for decades and still do. Um so I think it's a good final four. I think they are four of the most iconic people on here. I think Cher might edge out Dolly Parton in my opinion, but she was up against Drew Paul. So
0: you know, Eric, it's really funny that you say that this isn't the final four that you predicted because I think if I go back to my brackets, this is the exact final four that I had.
1: Well, aren't you namby-pamby? I know!
0: <laughs> I'm looking at it right now, dark
2: and it is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and what was my final four? I'm curious, Jake. Can you tell me?
2: Yours was RuPaul, Ellen, Harvey, and Freddie.
1: I told you. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. not great. How? What was Chris's? I'm curious.
3: Mine is RuPaul, Dolly, Madonna, and Harvey. So, okay. almost. Pretty close. Not bad. Yeah. So,
1: we're going to dive right into it, folks. The first bat it is RuPaul versus Dolly Parton and I'm going to go around the horn here Derek where are you
0: I spoke solidly on Dolly um earlier in this episode but I I have to go with RuPaul on this because of the cultural juggernaut that he has created
3: okay Carissa I'm in the same boat and also because RuPaul is the last person of color that we have in this. And also RuPaul is actually gay um, versus Dolly Parton being as much of an advocate as not a participant can be. Um, yep. So, so that edges it out in my book, but I'm excited to hear the pro RuPaul arguments. It, it, it's coming. Uh, Jake.
2: <laughs> yeah. I have to go with RuPaul as well. I mean, just the, uh, what, what, she's done for the culture between her many spin offs and um dragcom I, I, I and and there's still more to come you know just I, I just feel like yeah i mean that is a they're the definition of a gay icon absolutely
1: all right. So we are going to advance RuPaul. I'm going to save my argument to the final two. Um, mm-hmm. This this sometimes happens, by the way, on our podcast where I like ultimate number one C just sails right to the last thing. <laughs> and then you're like, we've actually never discussed this. Um, <laughs> so, uh, we'll get back to you, RuPaul. Don't call us. We'll call you. Um, Madonna versus Lady Gaga. I find this one to be much more challenging. And I'm going to start with Jake. I have a feeling I know where you're going. Yeah.
2: Uh, I mean, she wore me. Lady Gaga. Got to go with her. I love her. <laughs>
1: Uh, She also came in in an egg, uh, which I think is impressive.
2: It was Uh, a vessel, an egg.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Carissa.
3: This is really hard for me because Madonna was so influential to my 90s, like, girlhood. Um, And I have such visceral, like, memories of hearing her music and acting out the videos and all of the things. Um, But Gaga, what really... so? I'm not a huge Gaga fan. I just don't really listen to her. It's like not really my jam. So like, it's just not my thing, but I mad respect. But what tips it for me was when she did the song till it happens to you about sexual assault. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was like, she is beyond being a gay icon. She is a feminist icon. She is an icon for abused humans. Um, And That's what is going to get my vote in the end. So I'm with Gaga here. Derek.
0: So I'm going to be a little bit contrarian on this because I feel very strongly about Lady Gaga in this bracket. However, um, like Carissa, Madonna played a very strong role in my childhood as a burgeoning gay youth. And I, I think that I didn't really fully appreciate her position in the community until i did finally come out and like realized how um influential and important she was i am going to stick with madonna on this simply because i don't think lady gaga as she exists right now would be possible without madonna laying the groundwork for her and i know that's a strong statement but i think it is accurate
1: I don't think it's, I think it's completely accurate. And I think even Lady Gaga would tell you that. Um, In fact, I do distinctly recall back when Born This Way came out, there was that controversy that, oh my God, she ripped off Express Yourself, which to this day, sorry, I don't hear it. Both songs have a four-four beat. Oh my god, that's so rare! <laughs> what? But and then Madonna even played into it, and I was like, "Oh no, Madonna, please don't do that!" Like you've been so good about sharing the crown, let's not do this now. But like Lady Gaga said, like I worship at the altar of Madonna. Like I, I, I wouldn't be who I am without her, as you said, Derek. Um, that to me though is not an argument for why I would not put Gaga above her here, because I do think that as much as madonna did incredible things for the gay community it's interesting that someone i think it was carissa mentioned the vogue thing because yes she did take the various house dancers with her on the road etc but there are definitely people in that community who feel that madonna ripped them off and stole their culture and profited off of it so it's not 100 a positive thing for them even though i don't think she was deliberately trying to do like cultural colonialism or anything um but we didn't even have those words then exactly it's so true and i think we can you know armchair quarterback it now but Mm -hmm. um i think for her she's like this is amazing i want to share it with the world and um i don't think at that time the world would have been paying attention had it been the actual legendary ball practitioners out on the road right it was because Madonna brought them spotlight. Um, I'm not going to talk any crap about how Madonna's uh, achievements are less than Gaga's. Cause I don't believe that they are. I think that you can actually go toe to toe with her on, I mean, you were talking about how she's also a, um, a feminist. Certainly Madonna was a feminist. You were talking about how she's bringing in the intersectionality of also speaking out about racial injustice. I mean, look at the, like a prayer video. Um, there was so much that she was doing back then. But where I'm giving the Gaga the edge here is I feel like, and I've made this argument a couple times, she's just getting started. Lady Gaga's is in her, what, 30s? Uh, yeah.
0: yeah, probably mid to late 30s, yeah.
2: And she already has, you know, Grammys up the wazoo and Oscar Golden Globes. I mean, she is, you know, she is performing with Tony Bennett. Next month at his uh, farewell concert. I mean, and she's already had a residency. She's done the Super Bowl. The best it's still yet to come for her, and she still has that movie coming up next year. This year, um, House of Gucci. Patrizia, oh, yeah. it was a name so seductive, so powerful. <laughs> I just. The- Accent, I'm living for.
3: <laughs> that movie is already iconic, and yeah. we've only seen still <laughs> and like exactly. tiny previews at this point. Yeah, it yeah, is
1: camp. Father, number. son,
2: and house of Gucci.
1: So good, I'm already living, but like. I really think she's just getting started. And I do, there's not a doubt in my mind that her advocacy for the LGBTQ community is only going to continue to grow with her. At no point do I feel like a commodity with Gaga. I feel like she stands with me. It doesn't feel put on. It doesn't feel like when Target rainbow washes things. Like I feel that like Gaga is one of us and she is, she's bisexual, right? So that is not to say that Madonna's not, again, I'm not in any way disparaging Madge. It's just, I see Years from now, Lady Gaga doing things in this space that I don't think Madonna has done yet, and I don't know if it's going to happen for her. So that's, that's a shitty argument. But that's my argument. So that gives us a final two of RuPaul versus Lady Gaga. It's basically season nine, episode one of RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, it is notable for the only episode in which RuPaul himself does never appears in drag in that episode, by the way.
3: Um,
1: but so let's talk about it. So I have yet to make my argument for RuPaul, which I I'd spelled out in the beginning. And we've all, so like, look at the juggernaut she's created, and we're going to get to that. But I want to set that aside for a moment, because let's say RuPaul's Drag Race never even happened. RuPaul would still be on this for me, because RuPaul came from nothing. She was an, uh, he was an effeminate black boy in the South in the 1960s and the 1970s, where you could have been beaten or worse just for speaking, right? And he got it together and he made, he started making his inroads into the scene in in Georgia. And then he made himself into New York and he came from nothing and turned himself into a nightlife icon in the nineties, right? That's through hustle. That's through making it happen. That's through like just working your ass off. Then makes the contract with, I think it was Island Def Jam was her her record company at the time and a drag queen of color had a smash hit album in the middle of the 1990s that is crazy like that has never happened before and or since in the in the 30 years so and it wasn't just the album which was huge she also went on to have spin-off tv shows she was in movies like RuPaul really was everything that she expects her girls on the shows to be and
3: she did that on her own Right, You even didn't mention Love Shack.
1: Exactly, right? Like, and that's because she made inroads into Athens, Georgia. She got to know yep. the B-52s and yep. they're like, hey, we're doing this video. Do you want to be in the background? And that's the first time I ever saw RuPaul was in yep. the Love Shack video in the 1980s. Was like, <laughs> what is that?
3: So um, many of us didn't even – I didn't even realize until no. much later I went back and watched that video. I was like, oh, shit. I've seen that so many times and never even clocked that that was Ru because that was just part of the thing. Yeah. Talk about like – exposure to other people and realities it was she she steals
1: the entire video and she doesn't even speak but you you cannot take your eyes off of her no can't um so there is an incredible the star power of rupaul goes beyond just the glitz and the glam and the runways there is like, she's an actual like burning furnace uh, that like just keeps going. And there's a lot of archival footage that I've seen in these gay docs from New York in the nineties and seeing RuPaul in the nineties, like going around in these shitty apartments in like Brooklyn and stuff is a hoot because she's actually very soft-spoken, but still kind of all business. It's so interesting. Um, I highly recommend checking those out if you, if you can. So Even if drag race had never happened, I still argue that RuPaul would be on this bracket. I don't know if she'd be where she is right now, but she'd be on this bracket. Then this motherfucker comes back in the late 2000s and creates an entire industry around the art form of drag that literally did not uh, uh, exist prior to that. Yes, there was drag everywhere. Absolutely. There was drag shows at every club in every city in America vegas had residencies whatever but we are talking about an entire generation of drag performers are now superstars who can't just make a living they can make a very good living and mm. this is she created that it did not exist you didn't have bianca del rio's touring like there was before bianca we had coco peru could coco peru sell out the entirety of uh, carnegie hall on her own i don't think she could although she should because coco's amazing but like that's all because of rupaul folks all of this is because of RuPaul. And so I just don't know how you can argue that it's it's not just about the show. She created a fucking system for the gay community that also is, is embraced by more than just the gay community, but it is about intrinsically the gay community that um, I, I, I dare you to find anyone else who's come close to doing what she has done. Um, anybody else want to talk about either Ru or Gaga here?
3: I'll talk about Rue. First of all, Rupaul is problematic. Rupaul is a very problematic human being and is also a problematic person in the gay community. However, um, so much that is good, so much that I love about the gay community is I know about because of Rupaul. Um, I, you know, I really struggled with... Putting people on the bracket because I was like, "Oh, should Trixie and Katya be on as one thing?" And also, my like one of my personal queer icons is Alaska Thunderfuck. She's my favorite. I have I have her i her logo tattooed on my arm. (laughs) Like she's, I've met Alaska several times. She only just becomes better. She's only more and more of an open advocate for people in the community, especially the marginalized people. Like I love Alaska. I would not know who she is if not for RuPaul. So, and that's how I feel about so many of the other people that I love and talk about like franchises, you know, like uh, when we're recording this, like Drag Race Espana just finished season one. Amazing. Incredible. We've got Holland coming up. Like it is, it, RuPaul has done a movement that is worldwide. Correct. Which I think can't be discounted here.
1: No. And I, I'm not going to argue with you. She's problematic. And there's there are a lot of people who find a lot of things to be uh, finding fault with RuPaul. And I think that bitching sometimes drowns out the fact that nobody's perfect We cannot expect even our icons to be perfect. They are human beings. And she's done and said some stuff that people aren't going to agree with. But please do not allow that to drown out everything she has given you. I find it to be very short-sighted to allow the negatives. I'm not saying don't criticize, but I'm saying criticize with some respect. Put some respect on your mouth. That's what I'm saying.
0: Derek? I will also say that she brings together people in the community in a way that I it might've existed before, but it wasn't as centralized before. If we think about like all the drag race viewing parties that happen on a regular basis at, at, at gay clubs and bars, if we think about the drag race viewing parties that bring friends together on a regular basis at their own homes, like it, it there wasn't that sort of um, regular viewing opportunities or, or regular cultural moments to come together and like just take it all in. And I think that, you're right. She she has built a, a media juggernaut off of something that was so for so long, just taboo and marginalized and in the shadows. And, um, you know, I think I think things like, you know, the show Legendary on HBO mm-hmm. and the show Pose, I, mm-hmm. I kind of wonder whether those shows would have been brought to the forefront by mainstream media had Mainstream media not taken note of the success of things like RuPaul's Drag Race.
1: I doubt it. And for anyone who's like, "Well, the you know, pa- Paris is Burning" has been out there since the '90s. Paris is Burning has been out there since the '90s, and no one did anything close to this for thirty years until Drag Race became what Drag Race is. And also,
3: it, I know about Paris is Burning because of Drag Race. Correct. I know about the Queen because of Drag Race. Correct. And so it is, like you mentioned this,
1: Derek, It it's not just the viewing parties, it is building its own community. There are times where that community is really toxic. And that is a conversation we have to figure out. Because even right now, All-Star 6 is airing. For reasons I cannot understand, Jan is just being absolutely torn to shreds on social media. And I don't get it, but it is like a just... Not uh, this. Not this. Yes, mm-hmm. not this. It is the pitches and the the, the, the pitches the, I mean, she's got great pitch, the the pitchforks and the torches just coming after her. Yeah. Stop it. Like, I, we've got to get this fan, this fandom under control. But the this show built community real built a community that really wasn't there before. And it's one that intersects with many other communities in a way yeah. that I think can be leveraged in a really great way. Jake, were you gonna say something?
2: No, I agree with what you're all saying. I mean, as much as I am a little monster, 100, um, percent I have to go with RuPaul for the community that he uh, that they create, that they um, and what Derek was saying, which I think is a really good point. Um, you know, all of the there are so many times where I go, I've gone over to friends. I mean, Eric, I've gone over to your house to watch Drag Race. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just feel like it is such an opportunity for people in the gay queer community just to get together, um, have a little escapism. Yes, there is problematic elements with rupaul but i i feel like they're one of those people that will get criticized no matter what they do kind of like taylor swift i know it's completely different but i just feel like their achievements far outweigh that and what they do for the community and and therefore i mean they are the epitome of a gay icon icon and so is lady yaga but um i mean there are so many things i don't even think would be here if it weren't for rupaul
1: so yeah. And it's amazing to think where she came from and what she got through to get there. I find RuPaul's story genuinely so inspiring. And I'm not saying you can't criticize, but you need to respect what she has accomplished. That's what I'm saying.
3: So I think and we are – go ahead, go, Carissa. I was just going to say that legacy is there. Oh, yeah, you know, like there. the legacy of this human is – Worldwide, it's, I, I would argue, further reaching than anybody else in this bracket.
1: It is, dare we say it, a world of wonder.
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Iconic. Iconic.
0: And here's the thing. like, It's not taking anything away from Gaga to make a strong no. argument for RuPaul. I, no. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, yeah. we're not going to tear down whoever is up against this person in the bracket simply because th- we're making an argument. That's one of the unique things about this particular subject.
1: Right. Agreed completely. So I believe you're actually unanimous in our uh, putting forward as RuPaul as our pick for the best gay icon. Do you agree? Do you think we've hit the poppers a little too hard? Let us know (laughs) your pick by leaving a comment on this episode at greatpopculturedebate.com or yell at us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube. While you're there, make sure that you like and subscribe for more great pop culture debate content. I want to say thank you to my panelists. You are all iconic in my book. And thank (laughs) you for listening. Until next time, remember, everyone is entitled to their wrong opinions. Now, who wants to go suck some dick?
3: (laughs) Not me.
0: (laughs) Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com.
1: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
1: Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa.